I mean, we live in such a different time now where like nobody would eat anonymous chocolate that arrived at your house, right? Nobody. Poisoned History is a podcast about chemical poisons and how they have been used for nefarious purposes throughout history. Some of the subject matter in this podcast might not be suitable for youngsters, and nothing discussed on this podcast should ever be tried at home or anywhere else. I'm your host, Suzanne, and I'm a chemist. Welcome. Today, I'm talking about Christiana Edmonds, the chocolate cream killer, with my friend Marianne, who's also a chemist. Marianne and I have known each other a long time, and we really enjoyed talking about this topic. I hope we can do more episodes in the future, and I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. If you would like to suggest topics for the show, you can send them to poisonedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. References are in the show notes. Enjoy the show. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, So this is, Mare and I are going to do the story of Christiana Edmonds, the chocolate cream killer. And initially I want to do a disclaimer that this episode uses terminology for mental illness that obviously would not be used today. And this is done purely for historical accuracy. So just a warning on that. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the the life of Christiana starting with her birth. Christiana was born in Margate, Kent in 1828 in Southeast England. She was the oldest child of William Edmonds, an architect and his wife, and Christiana Byrne. Her father designed the Holy Trinity Church in Margate and her mother's father was a captain in the Royal Marines. Uh, she's a, a wealthy girl. She l- attends a private boarding school as a child. And around so, 18... Yeah, Go ahead. It, it sounds like she's set up, right, to have a nice, lovely life there yes. in the early 1800s. Why not, right? But <laughs> she's got it, it all. It doesn't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. Uh, yeah, relatively wealthy. Uh, got a dad who's an architect, you know. Everything's great. His wife, The wife sounds um, pretty wealthy, too. So around 1850, so we skip forward, she's about 26, Christiana is diagnosed with hysteria. And that's when your uterus, at least they thought at the time, would break loose and just start wandering around in your body and causing all kinds of problems. Um, sort is, of a description really of mental illness. It is. Happened? Like, it is. That seems <laughs> so disturbing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did they think? It was just like floating around in there? And- yeah. I don't know if they thought it was like partially attached or if it was actually broken loose and moving around, but yeah, that's what they thought. And so I was kind yeah. of interested in seeing this because I thought that hysteria, you know, and then we get the word hysterical from that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was, they would use that for like older women, women who have already gone through childbirth and maybe that maybe had something anybody. to do with the uterus, but I guess anyone that's exhibiting. Anyone who's exhibiting symptoms of being female could have this. <laughs> I mean, hysteria means either uterus or female, I guess uterus. So the it's a like hysterectomy, right? It's all about the, that's the Latin word for it. So you were defined by your uterus. Yeah. Oh, wow. And hysterical, hysterical. comes from yeah. that. Yes. Because if you have a uterus, you must be hysterical. Well, okay. PMS, yeah. whatever. Right. You know, you know how it is. Yeah. You know, women creating be. havoc. You know, women <laughs> be. <laughs> okay. Right. So in 1866, so 16 years later, and we don't know what came of that. Just she got diagnosed, uh, somehow treated back then, whatever they did to treat her, who knows, told her to right. go to They're the going to harken back to this, right? Like it's going to yeah, come back. She had now. issues. Yeah. Oh yeah. So her father died in 1866. And, uh, before he died, he, uh, it's not clear whether he died in an asylum, but he had been committed to an asylum for insanity in his later life. Uh, and her her sister, Christiana's sister, had also reportedly committed suicide. And her brother had been committed to the Earlsfield Asylum for Idiots in London, where he died. So we have a record that he died there. Her brother or her sister, I guess, just committed suicide. It was not, as far as we know, in an asylum. So between um, Christiana's left with her mother and between 1866 and 69, her and her mother are making a living as landlords in Canterbury, Kent. In 1869, the two of them moved to Brighton 
and Christiana meets the local Dr. Charles Beard, Dr. Charles Beard, who's married. She becomes enamored by him, enamored by him, but it's not clear if they had a mutual relationship or not. She sent him a lot of love letters. Um, and eventually he asked her to stop, but it's not, I'll get into so that this, later. Yeah, this whether is fascinating thought, to me. Yeah, whether yeah. or not he actually had some kind of relationship with her, but I have my thoughts. This is fascinating because this yeah. is definitely um, uh, one of those things where like they could have had a relationship, right? And then he doesn't want to take it further or it became too much, too overwhelming. And he was like, something crazy is going on here. Right. Or, or he, yeah, he realized she's yeah. crazy. Or he suddenly remembered he had a wife. Who knows? <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this woman? <laughs> so, right. So this, you know, probably yeah. went on about a year. And September of 1870, Christiana, uh, they were friends. They were neighbors, I think. So Christiana visits Emily Beard, Charles's wife. And she gives her, either gives her a Christ, uh, chocolate cream. So like, a, uh, what do they call those things? The in the box, like a box of chocolates, right? Either gives right. her one or forces right. her to eat it. It's it's unclear. I, I saw two different things in the sources. And she spits it out. And strychnine is really bitter. So mm -hmm. that's a foreshadowing. So yeah. she spits it out. But even so, she gets very sick. But she gets better. Doesn't kill her. The doctor suspects Christiana, uh, confronts her, and she denies it. But he doesn't call the authorities because he isn't sure it's her and wants to avoid scandal. And so my thought here is, what scandal? <laughs> and the doctor you, in this case, right? Know? The doctor is the husband, right? Yes. The so my question is, is the doctor. Yeah. yeah. My question is, why would he say he wanted to avoid scandal unless something was going on between him and her, right? If you just thought your yeah. neighbor was a murderer, why would you go, oh, I, I don't want the scandal of all this? Because what do you care about her? So, you know, I don't, that's... so, you know, when you hear about these stalking scenarios, right. And, mm. uh, you know, it, it, she's definitely exhibiting, like un, she's showing him unwanted attention, even oh, if yeah. they had had a relationship. Right. Yes. It's, it's like, um, especially back then, if all of a sudden you're like, Hey, this, this lady is poisoning my wife. Now, everybody, what, no matter what has happened would be like, yeah they're totally you know there's totally a relationship going on there that's a good point tongues are gonna wag because, <laughs> you know. gonna right and he's a doctor right he can't yeah i mean they were held in high regard so that you didn't want your doctor to be messing around with some lady you know i i people wouldn't trust him anymore so i'm sure that's all wrapped up in there and too. that was a common so you know Full disclosure here. I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan. I read all of <laughs> that out. stuff, right? So early 19th century, mid mid 20th century, early 20th century uh, novels, basically. But this this point comes up time and time again, where it's like, oh, the doctor's fooling around with his lady patients. Like everybody oh. was suspecting that. Okay. It, it, was, it was in a lot of novels, just, you know, it was adjacent in the novel. It wasn't like the, the main yeah. point. But, but it's never, definitely- I haven't read any of them, so I didn't know. Okay. That that's the way people thought about this. That if you mm. had a doctor, right, like um, he's probably getting with most of his ladies' patients, or they would not be surprised if that was going on. So oh. I guess what I would say is, you know, right away, it's it's not that uncommon, right? Like I I, I don't think it's um a, a stretch that he didn't want to be telling people about this woman that he thinks is trying to poison his wife, right? And yeah. besides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a tall tale. Hi, you know, this woman gave my wife chocolates and they're poisoned. For no reason. Yeah. It's a big, yeah, I mean, that's uncommon, you know, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also didn't have any proof. So that's another point. Yeah. Um. So after this incident, Christiana. And how did she get that strychnine, right? Oh, I wonder, get into that. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so after this incident, Christiana started covering her tracks up better. So she bought some strychnine from the drugstore. So I'm not sure where she got it before, but she was buying right. it from the drugstore, told them she needed it for killing stray cats, which as you remember from Florence Maybrick, <laughs> yeah. from the Florence Maybrick episode, why, why are we always killing stray cats? <laughs> Be nice <laughs> to the cats. So this is- We uh, have laws now, right? That don't, <laughs> that prevent all these poor stray cats being poisoned around the neighborhood. Not, those laws are not that old. <laughs> 
just leave them alone. Um, anyway, don't get me started. So she, <laughs> she got the chocolates from this high-end candy store called Maynard's and, um, and poisoned them. So she, I guess, poked a hole in the bottom, probably somehow put the poison inside and then put the boxes of chocolate back on the shelf because of course they were not sealing anything back then. Right, you could right. do that easily. You could do that. Easy. Uh, you know, and, what I found interesting about this is, uh, you know, it, it's one thing if you are stalking someone, right. And you've got it in for the wife, right. You can understand why you would want to off her, right. right. You know, if you were of that inclination, but it's a whole nother thing to be like, okay, uh, I didn't get my doctor, you know, he, his wife's still alive. And then to be like, I'm just going to poison just anybody that picks up these chocolates now. Like, yeah. And I'll, that. I mean, when we, when we do the, after the break, we'll talk about I have some ideas about that, but, um, yeah, it's almost seemed like she just got mad and was like, I'm going to poison more people just like a grudge against the world, right? Like, yeah, that's like it. I'm just yeah. doing it for fun. That's what it feels like <laughs> initially when you read this. So I, I don't know. Um, so what she would do is she would to cover her tracks, she would get the candy, put the strychnine in it and then, um, find some random boy standing on the street. I guess there were a lot of young boys running around and um, she would get them to buy the candy for them. And then also she would switch out the candy for the poison candy and say, take this back to the store for me. I'm not I sure they what, just what put order. it back on the shelf. Like, okay, we'll take it yeah, back. Probably. It back shelf, or, yeah. or they would return it. I don't know. It's yeah. not clear. Yeah. She could have just told them to put it on the shelf. You give a kid 20 bucks, they'll do anything. Right. She was right. pretty wealthy. Well, if she gave him 20 bucks, she could have owned him probably. But... I know. That's a good point. Oh, no. Anyway, going in the wrong direction here. Yeah. Where's this going? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, so then, um, so several people start getting sick in Brighton from eating the candies. Uh, it's not connected to her at first. So another year goes by in 1871 in June, this four-year-old boy named Sidney Barker dies. Uh, he was visiting Brighton, his uncle, which I believe is a seashore place you would go visiting. Mm. And his uncle, he was visiting, had bought the candy for him. So he he just dies. It's awful. Yeah. But lots of other people got sick, too. So I guess they just weren't putting this together. Um, Christiana is called to give evidence. And by the way, that death is why. a bad death. It's not a, oh, yeah. a, you go to sleep and die, right? It's like. Right. You're in convulsions. Sort of convulsions. That's the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why, but she was called to give evidence for the inquest. Mm -hmm. the, the inquest is kind of like, I guess, grand jury, what we yeah. would do now. And um, well, this is Britain. So they, they still do inquests, I think, but I think it's kind of like grand jury. So it seemed like she was trying to frame the candy shop for the murder. But so that's what you were saying before. Like she just was mad at the world and she got it in for Mr. Maynard. And no. maybe she was writing him love letters, love letters too. I'm not sure. So that's a good point. But he was clear. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's possible. Um, and it was determined that the death was a result of poisoning. I'm not sure if they did tests, probably did tests. Uh, so I'm going to talk about strychnine a little bit. Strychnine is a, an alkaloid that you find in plants. You get it out of the seeds of a plant called strychnos nox vomica. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Vomica. You're, you took Latin. How do you say that? That, that, that's about, that looks that about right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Strychnos nox vomica. And um, in fact, a lot of times it was just labeled vomica, which, because you could take it as a drug also, they used it for medicine. And uh, as a, as a group, alkaloids are chemicals in plants that contain uh, nitrogen and carbon. And usually they're there to defend the plant from being eaten by insects or animals. Uh, caffeine is an alkaloid, for example. And there are lots of these chemicals, many, many, many different kinds. So uh, this is just a concentrated chemical that they you take from a seed from a plant. And strychnine is used as a pesticide to kill rats now. And also sometimes to cut street drugs, which seems it's crazy scary. and scary. Um, also, it causes excitation. So it causes excitation of the central nervous systems. And I guess that's why they put it in drugs, because it peps you up a little, yeah. I guess, in small amounts. And if you take too much, you can get convulsions and death and it mimics the symptoms of tetanus. Um, if you get a deadly dose, you will go into convulsions and die within one to two hours. 
small amounts. I mean, they used to sell this stuff as drugs. Yes. So it was in tonics. So in Agatha in Christie tonic, novels, yeah. this was featured as tonics and for, yes. for various ailments, Ill, Ill, illnesses. But right. what you're saying here about exciting the nervous system, these tonics were like pick-me-ups, right? Pick -me -ups. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't find anything in the history. So I, I was wondering if all those people that were getting sick in town, if they thought they had tetanus, because tetanus was a lot more common then than it is now. People didn't get tetanus shots. So if you got a cut or you had an accident, you broke a bone, it was you could get tetanus pretty easily. You just needed to get some dirt and a cut, basically. So um, possibly because they were vomiting, no one suspected tetanus, because if you just get slightly sick, you might just throw up and not get convulsions. So that's a good uh, point. I mean, I think yeah. this acts more like a like a toxin, right? So it doesn't like yeah. bind to other things and then proliferate. I, I, that's a kind mm -hmm. of a question. And it doesn't come slowly. Yeah. 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 So maybe if you vomited it out enough, right? Like maybe yes, you maybe. can survive. So, Well, the other thing is that arsenic, that's one of the symptoms of arsenic poisoning is throwing up. And uh, I saw a source that said she might've also used arsenic sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's pop it's possible she mixed it up, but I'm sticking with strychnine for now. Cause that's, that's the main thing. Uh, okay. So now, so nowadays, how do we detect, um, strychnine nowadays we have sophisticated instruments. So we have chromatography, we have spectrometry, and, um, we use those to detect these common, these compounds, if there's a poisoning and you, mostly because you can get easily get an amount. So you can find out the concentration from, let's say the organs or from urine or from stomach contents. But before about 1850, uh, they didn't have a test for strychnine. What they would do is, and this is 1870, but we're going back 20 years. The best way they had to test for poisons generally was to um, take pieces of the deceased person's body, grind them up, inject them into an animal and see if it died or got uh -huh. symptoms or you know similar <laughs> symptoms. So this is what they would do, which I think is, I think that's brilliant. Like it is a great brilliant. idea. <laughs> I wonder who thought of that and how long ago. But, but here's, it makes you question the controls on this, right? So imagine you take yeah. a dead body, you crumble up some, some tissues and you inject it into another animal. I mean, right. maybe other things are killing the animal right. that you just maybe, inject. It, it doesn't have to be strychnine. Right? Or just the stress of having like organ meat <laughs> injected into you. It's terrible. <laughs> the way they treated animals, it's so bad. I, like I guess they showed that like, if, if you do it with healthy cells, they mm -hmm. live. And if you do it with this strychnine cells, you die. I doubt there was really a control, but they hadn't, the scientific method had not really taken hold yet. People well, thought so that, about that, it, but yeah. Well, I that's mean, what's alchemy was still around, cases. you know, in the 1850s. So they sort of had, you know, symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. They have symptoms to go off of. They know what people had access to. And then right. they, they kind of, you know, the test may or may not have been conclusive, but it was it, with the with all the other evidence, right? It's like, well, it's probably this. And as we've seen, a lot of this had to be circumstantial evidence, not, you know, you didn't always have a good test. Um, so in 1870, they had a test restricting called the Mar Marchand, I'm not pronouncing it right, probably Marchand test. And the, the chemist would add sulfuric acid and a little bit of nitric acid to the sample, uh, dissolve it, and then add some lead oxide. And if strychnine is present, the mixture will turn blue and then violet and then red and then yellow. And so what's happening is, uh, if you're a chemist, it's, different um, different ion charges are going through the mixture and that changes the color. So that's, it's kind of cool. I wish I could see it done. I haven't looked up a YouTube, you could probably look up a YouTube video for this. Um, that is really cool. I wonder what yeah. makes it turn from one color to the other. So it's changing oxidative states or something? Yes, I didn't want to get into uh, chemistry too much, yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's basically, it's basically being oxidized. And so yeah. as the um, charge goes up, the color changes. And I'm, I think it's the strychnine that's getting oxidized. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So that's some factoids about strychnine. Summer of 1871, Christiana sends some more chocolates and cakes to various people in town and also to herself just to throw the suspicion off of her. So I think that that's so strange, unless this was like 
unless everybody was sending chocolates to to their neighbors right like if that was just done <laughs> do you know what i mean weird yeah it's like welcome you get implicated you at least go to this uh inquest or whatever it was that they had for her right, right? like for this boy dying and then all that's of a why sudden they called her sending... in maybe maybe she's the one maybe she was known for sending chocolates to people who knows it's weird i bet you they they probably found like the boy the small boys that like uh she was you know that she was returning the chocolates with you know oh, like i don't know they i didn't mean seem to suspect her though they didn't suspect her they really didn't for a long time there's no and then she not that i saw she anonymous anonymously sends chocolates to random people in the neighborhood plus herself plus herself yeah and uh so one theory about why she was doing all that is that she was trying to um that there was suspicion building or she, or she was paranoid that there would be suspicion about Mrs. Beard, about her poisoning her uh, earlier. You know, she might have been afraid that the doctor, her husband, so she decides was going to, to turn poison around. everybody else. Like so she thought, yeah, I'll push suspicion away from me by just by being able to claim that she had just passed on chocolates that had been poisoned by someone else. So if everybody in town is getting these poisoned chocolates, including herself. And then she gives some to Mrs. Beard and she gets sick. You could say, it was pretty brilliant, actually. Uh, she could say, oh, well, no, I I got these chocolates, you know, sent to me. I don't know where they came from. And then I just they, gave they're not Mrs. Even Beard one. Or about the Mrs. Beard thing yet, right? Yet. Yeah. Nope. Well, at the, about this time, the police are starting to make the connections. So the police are noticing yeah. that people are getting sick and after they're eating the chocolate. And the father of that little boy that died, Mr. Barker, gets three anonymous letters from Christiana urging him to prosecute Mr. Maynard, the candy shop owner. So she's um, pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> and anonymous. Uh, yeah. handwritten anonymous letters. Right. Uh, they hadn't invented the the idea of like cutting out letters from the newspaper yet. Okay. So, so they probably didn't know that you could, you could tell handwriting samples. Yeah. I don't know what she was. She thinking. seems very brazen. I will say this, yes. right? Like again, this kind of goes into like what her mental, yeah. mental, mental state. Yeah, her yeah. mental state was, but it's very brazen to be like, I'm gonna poison a bunch of people through return chocolates. Then when somebody dies, I'm going to send specific boxes of chocolate around. <laughs> you know. Well, that's the thing. On one level, she's really trying to avoid suspicion, and then on the other level, she's sending anonymous letters that are handwritten by her, thinking. No one will ever figure this out. Right. Yeah. But so, did, I mean, maybe it, what else was she doing with her life? You know what I mean? Much. Like, <laughs> well, at this point, it, let's see, 1871, <laughs> how old would she have been? It's, 80, it's 1871, 1828, 1830. She's like 40 something. And at this point, her life is over. Right? Right. She's she can't unmarried. Get married. She's, right. she's been unmarried, unmarried all this time. Yeah. She's living with her mother. She's got money, I guess, but she probably didn't want to get married because she had money. Why bother? Um, so at this point, the Dr. Beard and his wife tell all their neighbors that they're planning to move to Scotland. And, um, it's assumed that Christiana sort of panicked that he was leaving. Right. And right. so she, suddenly these two plum cakes arrived from London and one was delivered to Emily Beard and one Beard and one to Christiana, Mrs. Beard. Who you'd think would have learned her lesson got very sick. I can't again. believe anybody in that town is eating anything <laughs> through the post. I know. What are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, and it's unclear. I I wasn't able to find data on what they found in the in the uh, in the cake or if they even kept it for analysis. But um, fortunately, no one died, and obviously, these cakes were poisoned with something. So. Uh, that fall, Charles Beard tells Wait, the police. Wait, did she die? Did the no, no, okay. nobody died. Yeah, <laughs> not even Christiana. <laughs> well, I mean, right. you think about it, right? Her one of her servants could have died. Her husband could have eaten it. So, yeah, luckily, nobody nobody died. That's a good point. You send <laughs> an anonymous chocolate something oh, in yeah. the mail to this guy that you don't want to leave and his wife. Right? How do you know the wife is going to eat it? 
I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. She's really thinking straight. Right. So, it, so this is where like this, it's kind of like, it's a combination of like stalker, but no, it's just like plain old sociopath uh, or psychopath trying to kill right, somebody, right. you know, or yeah. anyone. Okay. So um, in the fall of 1871, Charles Beard finally tells the police he suspects Christiane is behind all these poisonings because of the initial poisoning of his wife. And Christiana is arrested. She's charged with attempted murder for Mrs. Beard and, and the actual murder of little Sydney, Bar Sydney Barker. In January of 1872, the trial begins and a handwriting ex expert determines the anonymous letters were written by Christiana. Surprise, surprise. Right. Also, they had records that she had come from London on the same train as the poison plum cakes. I, hmm. I guess there was a return address. I don't know, like postmark. Because I think she mailed them on the train, but also she was coming down from London on the train. So she bought the plum cakes and then Put them in the mail. sent them? Yep. Yeah. And then got on the train with them. So uh, I assume they used the Marchand test, but they did detect strychnine in the plum cakes. Christiana was found guilty. She was given the death penalty. Uh, at first, she tried to claim she was pregnant, but that was found. They examined her and that was untrue. And there she did an appeal so she um appealed so she claimed she sentence. was being pregnant was going to get her out of what going to jail that that kind of thing well the death penalty i think they, she was trying i think it was a delaying tactic so she if you're pregnant they're going to wait a while before they kill you we'll be right away i don't know how long they normally wait to kill you it doesn't seem like back then they waited long so she probably thought you know i need to buy some time i see i see so that was purely to get out of the death penalty yeah i assume so yeah, yeah. And then uh, she doesn't appeal. She's examined by medics from the insane asylum and determined to be insane. Her sentence is commuted to life in the Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, where she dies in 1907. So she lived into her 70s Long at time. least. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just have a quote from the Legal and Police News from January 1872. She came of an insane stock. Her father was a lunatic and died in a lunatic asylum. The certificate describing him as suicidal and destructive. Her grandfather and grandmother were perfectly imbecile. Her brother died an idiot at Earlswood. Other relations were similarly affected, and she herself had been seized with paralysis when 25 years old and had other times behaved in a most strange way. <laughs> so that's from the, the newspaper. Right. So um, let's take a little break. Sure. And uh, we'll get back. We'll be back to discuss some more. That's good. So we're back. And let's talk about poor Christiana. So my, my thinking about her is that, uh, I think you mentioned it earlier, that she basically was a sociopath because from I watch a lot of these um uh what do they call it like police interrogation videos right and one thing they talk they say a lot is that people who are sociopaths they think they're the smartest person in the room right they're not going to get caught right they're not going to get caught they know that they they everyone else is stupid and they'll just get away with it because no one will suspect them because they cover their tracks so well and they they have these brilliant ideas right like like her idea of poisoning the whole town so she wouldn't be suspected. Right. So that's, that's one thought. Um, also, I mean, the thought that the saying, saying that your grandmother and grandfather were imbeciles, like that can't be true. <laughs> Cause how, I mean, she came from a wealthy family. Like these people must've had some kind of life. Right. Know? You mean like because everybody in the family was deemed insane in some way? That's like what it father, sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of mental health problems, right? Father committed suicide. The yeah. I think the sister committed suicide. Sister committed suicide. The brother the was at father an just, institution. Father yeah. was institutionalized. The mother seemed fine. She yeah. Never, nothing's ever said about her. The brother uh, was, um, something was wrong with him. Right. I don't know what idiot means exactly back then, but- um it was just, a medical term right it was a yeah. medical term for something uh, i don't know if it was you know mentally handicapped or challenged I would assume something like that no. 
Yeah. Um, it, it comes in, you know, I think that especially in the summing up, it was kind of like, well, she came from a family with problems. Therefore it's highly likely she had problems, right? This nature mm -hmm. versus nurture thing, like, especially back then they thought, you know, if, if, a, you know, a relative was in an insane asylum, then you, you probably have problems too. You know, yeah. how much of that is genetic? How much of that is. I mean, depression, we, probably things like that are genetic that there's elements of that that are genetic, but for you to be a psychopath yeah. and be killing people over and over again, you know, mm -hmm. like this is very much reminiscent of, you know, there's a nurse that killed a bunch of babies in a hospital in England. Yeah. Um, Lucy Letby, right? Okay. Um, yeah. So again, this Munchausen by proxy, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, where it's just a compulsion to kill, to get know, attention it, it, sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why people reasons. do this, right? You know, like they they get a thrill out of it, right? They think they're putting oh, yeah. something over on other people. They feel power and control. Right. I mean, she didn't just kill people she didn't like. She was randomly just, you know, anyone who mm -hmm. took that stuff or ate the stuff could have died. I mean, that's, I that's a very specific kind of psychopathy, right? So, like, <laughs> so the other thing about sociopaths is they they don't have empathy, right? That's the yeah. idea is that they don't have empathy and they don't understand, unless it applies to themselves, they don't understand uh, consequences or other people's, they might understand consequences, but they don't understand that other people can be hurt just like they can. And they just don't feel anything towards other people. And that could also happen if you're a, a rich kid who was really sheltered and just taught to only think about yourself. So I suspect that that might've had something to do with it. Cause my take on this is that she was just bored because that's what yeah. people who are sociopaths, like they often will kill someone just because they're bored. They just think like, well, this will be fun. I'll try this. And over and over again, like sometimes, well, they usually get caught, but they don't so get what, caught. What strikes me is how much it doesn't seem like she had any uh, self-preservation here, right? It's like, well, mm. we'll just ride this train to the end because you keep doing this, you know, eventually. Yeah. As they did, right? They focused in on her. Maybe she and we're, we're assuming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're assuming she's guilty, right? I mean, it, it, it's pretty cut. It's pretty clear I, cut. I mean, this one, I mean, there's not yeah. a lot to argue about here. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you, you could argue that it wasn't her. I don't think she, I don't know if she pled guilty or not guilty. There's not a lot. This is anything yeah. before like the 1880s or so. It's hard to find information, de detailed information. They didn't always keep the entire trial record. So uh, I, I would assume she probably pled not guilty and maintained her story that she didn't do it. But um, where is it going with that? Uh, it, it, yeah. yeah, we don't really know. De I mean, it would be lovely to have like more details, but you know, they're mm -hmm. like, like you'd love to know like what her mother thought about the, you know, if anybody yeah. interviewed her, talked to her, you know, here's this woman, she's, you know, basically half her family, you know, has been decimated in some way. Right. Yeah. Um, and it and seems then, like, go ahead. Yeah, no. And then just to have, to be the parent of someone that has been convicted of, Basically, I, I I would say mass murder, but I think she only killed one person, right? True. Yeah. So, attempted but she attempted. Murder. Yeah. 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 She was trying hard. Um, but what I was going to say in the 1800s, it seems like the, the reason we find these cases is because they are in the papers. They're sensationalized. Sure. And usually that's because there's some relationship, something like, like her and the doctor, and then they spin that up, you know? And then it becomes this uh, sensationalized thing because it also it often seems like these court cases, people are convicted based on the fact that they uh, messed around, right? They had an affair with the wrong person, or they were somehow immoral, ah, like moral justice, yeah, right? Like, like justice. you shouldn't have been doing that, right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, she probably did it, but at the same time, I've seen a couple, you know, several of the cases I've looked at where it just seems like you're in trouble because 
uh, we were able to find dirt on you, you know, and then that makes you look so guilty. And I've seen that even now you see that if somebody uh, is suspected of being murdering someone and then they find out this person's like cheating on their wife or whatever, it's like, okay, well now we're really looking at, you know, now it's really on. Yeah. The standards of behavior, right? Like, which, well, if you would do this, you might do that, you know? Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is like true and it just, (laughs) and how much of it is, is people's assumptions about people like you're bad this way. So you're also must be bad this way. And back then things like adultery and and stuff was taken a lot more seriously than I think it would be today. Although it's still, it's still one of those things that, like you said, if you're you could come under suspicion, right. For these things. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially because it was so targeted on that doctor's wife. Right. That poor woman. She's so dumb though. Don't eat in the mail. Like, what are you doing? I mean, we live in such a different time now where like nobody would eat anonymous chocolate that arrived at your house, right? Nobody. (laughs) Yes, not. I mean, well, the first one was given to her and then like, I don't know, like. I don't blame her for that. I mean, you don't know how crazy this lady is. Right. right? You just met this lady or whatever, or you've known her. Maybe you go, she goes to her doctor, her husband is her doctor. And then, but then later it's like, you know, I I just, that plum cake just looks really good. (laughs) I'm just really hungry. <laughs> we don't have Amazon thing. delivery yet. So I'll are... just take this. <laughs> this is a doctor and his wife. They make good money. It's not like they're poor. Like, you can see if they were like poor people and they I mean, didn't I would have anything a nice. little bit more if she had, you know, pretended that this stuff had come from somebody the people knew, right? Like that right. would be seems like it was just like just hey sent. happy birthday right. or something you know have a good day here's a cake anonymous cake yeah i i picture that first poisoning though that like she's like standing there with her right. she eats the chocolate and right. it's absolutely putrid right spits it out and he's like looking at her and the woman's just standing there with that like evil grinning face on and she's like it was her she's trying to poison <laughs> oh god yeah i mean I- I don't know. Maybe his wife just wasn't that bright and that's, she overlooked the entire thing. Cause I feel like you'd find the letters or you'd, you'd realize your husband was acting weird. Something. So what do you think? Do you think that they were having think, a relationship and she took it too far? I think they were having a relationship because I don't think his wife knew anything about it. And if she was just, if she was just stalking him, I feel like he would have said something to his wife. Like this woman is weird. I don't know what her deal is. You know what I mean? Cause doctors, they might get stalked a lot. I guess where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I guess I, I feel a little bit bad for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know the situation, but you know, like here you are, you're in, you live in a society where, you know, cheating on, on your wife is the most terrible thing. Right. And you're a doctor. And yet, so perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Lots all of a sudden, still did it. <laughs> but, but people who stalk like this, they don't need to be encouraged in any way. I'm not saying that he didn't encourage her, but she could absolutely have just come out of nowhere and been like trying, Mm -hmm. you know, making advances toward him and him saying no. Right. And then her just, you know, obsessing that obsessive stalker that just keeps writing the letters. Right. I mean, (laughs) she could have put him in compromising situations and that's why he was worried about scandal. Could have been something like that. I don't know. But um, yeah. And yeah. But I could, I could write a story where she had an affair with him yeah. and then he rejected her and she just got mad. And then she had an affair with the candy store owner too. And yeah. There's no her. evidence for the candy store owner, right? No, there's of course nothing. not. Yeah. yeah. But, but who knows? But she did write those anonymous letters in, uh, trying to get someone else, the, the Barker father to to prosecute Mr. Maynard. Like she had it in for that guy too. Yeah. So it may be somewhere so along the way. I'm just saying I, I could write fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could write some fan fiction. And uh, I could also look at the fact that she's in her forties and she's this single woman who lives in town and men might be taking advantage of her. Well, yeah. I mean, again, not many women were unattached, right? Yep. I mean, that was this the state of the world then. And so having a single, you know, woman was like a big deal, yeah. right? So, and if any, if someone did something to you, no one would believe you. 
if you said something to somebody, you would just, they would be like, don't bother telling anyone. No one will believe you. You're 43 years old. No one would believe that I went after you, you know, right. it's, it's really sad. I mean, it, <laughs> the more I read these things, the more I realize how far we've come and how much better cats have it and all kinds of Well, <laughs> the cats are in much better shape. <laughs> cats are doing great. <laughs> you know, it, they thought that she might have used arsenic also, right? They maybe, said, yeah. yeah, maybe. I, but those yeah. things you could buy, you could buy it. Oh, yeah. So easy. you can get your hands on it. Rat poison. I mean, you can get poison now. It's just, I think now they probably put something really nasty in yes. it. Yes. So that if you tried to give it to someone, they would notice. Because um, if you remember one of the other episodes I did, they were, it was like yeah. fly paper. Yeah. So you can fly using paper. It and mm-hmm. using it for like, um, your skin people took it to make their cheeks rosy right yeah. oh my god oh, you makes you wonder all the things we're doing right now that is like <laughs> injecting botulism in your face probably is a problem well, <laughs> i've always kind of wondered about that yeah that's not ideal it's fine it's, it's just, fine <laughs> it's, it just it just paralyzes your nerves it's fine just a slight nerve agent i mean you could i mean you could still get I mean, you can, I could go outside right now and get, I think it's belladonna. It grows, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and where, where there's a will, there's a way, I guess I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Stop somebody's heart with that. I guess, you know, I, I, I definitely think that she was a person that really didn't care. I, she wasn't really thinking about getting caught in the consequences. She didn't seem to be worried about that. But for no. most people who were trying to kill someone, Right. They're, they're concerned about that. And back then, you know, there just wasn't these methods to test on, you know, the corpses and after the fact. Yeah. I mean, get away with it. she almost seems like this stereotype and this could just be the way it, the story is told, but it seems like she's like the stereotype of, of a woman scorned who is just crazy, right? Crazy woman. Yeah. Well, that's and a good point. This is what men the always talk about told like, that way. Crazy right? women. Like yes, she, she's off a rocker. Yeah. She's off yeah, a rocker. Yeah. yeah. She's hysterical. And she's hysterical. <laughs> That's and right. people do this to women now, even like women get angry about something and they're like, oh, she's crazy. And some women are scorned. a little crazy for mm-hmm. sure. Like they get unreasonably upset about like a relationship or something. But, and sometimes that's just immaturity that could have been in her case. She had, she had the money and the time to do something about it. So this is where you just love to see like a, a, a snapshot into her life. Like, what was she doing? You know, like, who was she talking to? What did her yeah. friend say? Did she have friends? Did she have was, friends? You yeah. know, where, was everybody like, that's the crazy lady that lives in the house, you know, like, you know, yeah. or she, she comes on to Little every boys were... creature. I wonder if she was that woman that like literally like flung herself at every man, right? Like that one. That's, that's like, Hey, possible. yeah. And you know, some of them, she just couldn't let go of. Like and... Morning 40 year old. Yeah. <laughs> you know somebody know. that comes off over the top that even like i was gonna say even men wouldn't be interested <laughs> you know what i mean where even men are like oh this one is a bit nuts yeah <laughs> even men who are just looking to sleep with someone yes but yeah, not yeah. this one yeah right right this one's too crazy yeah yeah i mean i i picture her if she'd had uh, you know, if her life had taken a different turn, living in a house by herself with a whole lot of cats, not killing them, or not even talking about killing them, and just being happy. Maybe she mm-hmm. was upset that she never got married, and she felt like, you know, out of society, because it was, it's rough. I mean, um, you and I, we had that friend who, uh, from India, <laughs> yeah. which I won't mention her name, but, um, and you remember what she said about going home to India, if she, if she's not married, that all the women would just talk about her constantly. See that, right. You get a different culture, different time, but yeah, there's, so, so this kind of proves the point, you know, even though this, this, this is, you know, over what, 130 years ago, maybe. Um, Um, Yeah. Yeah. 160. Yeah. Like it's still, again, different cultures. Right. Uh, But that, that stigma is, is real in some cultures and mm-hmm. very strong in many cultures, but they didn't say ours. anything in the story 
about like, oh, she was trying to get, she had any lovers. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no story about anybody, like any suitors, any, and like you said, she was wealthy or wealthy for the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. so she would have been a prospect, right. Just for marrying up and stuff like that. There must've been suitors around. And if there's not, that really is telling. I mean, it could be when she was younger, like after her father died, there were some suitors and then, but already she was in her thirties at that point. So the thing is if you could have suitors, but if you can't have children anymore, if you're 40, yeah, probably not, you know, you, yeah, you but might th- get this some was old time, guy. Right. Some widower, right. Like yeah. some, somebody who's, yeah. Somebody Cause people were dying all the time. Right. So people right. often had, you know, were young and were widowed. So, you know, it just sounds like uh, maybe she was just sheltered. She didn't get out much. And I think because she had some kind of mental illness, possibly depression, she just probably didn't go out much when she was younger. If she was, she had. uh, But the depression doesn't explain her killing people. I mean. No, but I'm saying these things usually come in groups, right? It's, I'm sure that's part of it. And then other things came out later. I just wonder, you know, again, she whether she had other delusions, right? I'm saying that Hmm. um, her, you know, her her fixation on the doctor it it could be like a, a delusion right like i wonder if oh, she I'm had sure. anything else yeah. i mean her getting diagnosed with hysteria whatever that meant then right meant mm-hmm. that somebody was examining her they had cause to be like there's something Something's going up. on here mm-hmm. yeah it does say paralysis i don't know what that means what, yeah what does that mean they use these paralysis. words i mean doctors would say the oddest things back then now that so i might be off here but the you know in some schizophrenic catatonic schizophrenic patients right Mm. i wonder if they would have called that paralysis where they're kind of in a catatonic state right could be absolutely but um yeah weird so poor poor christiana (laughs) she killed people (laughs) (laughs) i know but i feel bad for her i i mean i know Obviously, maybe because she's female. That's why I feel bad. If she was a man, I probably wouldn't feel so bad for her. I mean, think about the lives. I mean, let's let's assume Maynard and the doctor didn't do anything wrong. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about blowing up somebody's life here and livelihood. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I know. Yeah, she must have been like um yeah, a, a menace to the Yeah, town. It's just a menace. This is <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, not only she said he poisoned you know, goods around, but, right. you know, you do that. And, you know, that, that the Maynard guy, he could have lost business. He could have been unemployed. Oh, yeah. uh, this is just terrible. I, just... I didn't, yeah, I didn't mention it at one point. Um, he had to, like when it first happened, he threw out his entire stock of candy. So they just got rid of all of it. And then got that must've cost in. him a lot of money, right? Must've cost that, a lot of and, money. Yeah. And then she just kept doing it. Yeah. So initially he did that. Uh, I think after, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was after the boy died because before that they didn't really know what was causing it. And I think after the boy died, he was forced to throw out everything. Think about how bad you would feel if you were running the store and one of your chocolates killed a boy. I mean, again, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything, but like, wow. So this reminds me of the Tylenol murders. Do you remember this? Right. Yes. So they, one of the theories, they never caught the guy. One of the theories about that was that this guy wanted to poison his wife, that one of the, one of the victims who was a woman was a, the wife of someone who wanted to poison someone, poison his wife, and that he planted all the poisoned um, stuff on the shelf to cover. Wait a minute. He wanted to poison his wife, but he, he actually poisoned the wife of... Who? Well, I'm saying he wanted Somebody. to poison his wife... This is the theory that he wanted yeah. to poison his wife. And so he poisoned her with some Tylenol that, you know, he put cyanide in Tylenol, left right. that out for her somehow. And then also went to the drugstore and dropped off a whole bunch of Tylenol there. To cover his tracks? To cover his, yeah. So that it looked like someone else had uh, done it. Someone else had done it. And so it's not clear whether he was successful or not. It's not clear whether that was one of the victims, you know, she was one of the victims. Cause I think there were three or four victims and uh, so that was just one of the theories. So that's, it reminds me of that because people will do things like this to push suspicion away from themselves. 
I mean, where's the best place to hide a needle? <laughs> In a pack of other needles, right? You know, other needles, right, right. You know, so yeah, it's you know, so that's interesting. So did yeah, I mean, I guess they they were looking closely at those victims and their spouses, and but they couldn't yeah. pin it they on. They never any found of them. anybody. Yeah, they never found. Now it could have just been a random murder, but that was just one of the theories. Was that that sort of made it make make sense that someone would do that, hoping to cover up a murder. Because it's pretty rare for someone to just randomly start poisoning people like that. At least it was at the time. It, it is rare, but you see this case with this woman too. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was very indiscriminate with these cakes. I mean, or I chocolates or whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, a, I, I the only thing I can think is that somebody who enjoys thrill killing would mm. poison a bunch of packages and then mm. just be delighted when like, oh, four people died, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was trying to keep uh, emotion out of it, but some of the records that I read or not records, but the stories that people had told about it said that when she was called in to give evidence, you know, when the boy died, that mm -hmm. she was delighted. And I'm like, how did they do that? that? But how do they know that? I think that's oh, just I, people making up a story. I know? bet you she was sitting there laughing, just like I said. Oh, probably, but when I made knows. up the fact that she had poisoned the Mrs. Beard, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that she was probably just like looking at her with a crazy, you know, smiley right. face, like, ha -ha, <laughs> ha -ha, guess that didn't taste good, right? <laughs> How you like that, lady? <laughs> but if you can't feel empathy for anyone, these things are just like, well, you're in the limelight, right? They're talking mm -hmm. about the crime that you did. You put this over on everybody. All those smart men, you got one over. Oh, on yeah. Them. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. That's that's pretty addictive. I could see that. Yeah. That, you know, haha, I got I got one over on everybody. Well, this is what they were saying about the Lucy Letby. Again, this is, you know, Which just this happened. Again? Lucy Letby, she's the nurse that oh, the nurse. Yeah, yeah. several um, infants babies, in the yeah. ward in um, uh, England. Um, and you know, they go through her diary and, and uh, what she was doing after in the aftermath. And it was like, she would go out of her way to, you know, contact the, the patient, uh, the, the dead infants families, because, and, and like the, the families were saying something like, she was like all about like dressing the dead infant for them and being oh involved because she, she like got off on their grief. So that, it doesn't yeah, that is end, Munchausen by right. proxy. It's yeah. it doesn't end with just the killing. It's like with the whole like right. like she would look them up on the on their the, on the anniversary of the child's death because like there would be like Facebook posts mm -hmm. and it'd be like a reliving of this like she's affected them and their lives and she was in control. And they yeah. they tell stories, right? Of like her delighting in this stuff, like being like inappropriate. And hmm. stuff like that, which again, going back to your story, we don't know how true it is, right? I mean, it's just a narrative in a newspaper, but right, right. you know, her sitting in, I, I could absolutely see somebody who, you know, was successful in killing someone that, that delighted in that. And then they're having a, a, a trial about it. She wants to be front and center. You know, oh, these yeah. killers, they often do this, right? Um, uh, like if they have like a gruesome murder, sometimes like one of the looky loos is like, the guy that's yes, so you know can look yeah and you know cops and stuff they they know this so like they're on the lookout for like anybody calling in tips that like mm -hmm. wants to be overly engaged with the right i i think it's like a hit of dopamine that people get from this stuff yeah. like you're i mean think about it this lady christiana she's got a lonely life she's bored mm -hmm. and it's like going on tinder you get a little hit you know yeah <laughs> oh Look what I did. I'm in the limelight. He's got They're, a little project, yeah. you know, project. So she could have picked anything and that's what she chose to do. And so. she wrote letters. She sent cakes. She went to yeah. London to do it. She was busy. So she's think about all of that, you know, that she's Only doing. Only women had been allowed to have jobs. She might've, you know, been a researcher or something. If she was that smart, who knows? I really feel like maybe if she, <laughs> that, that there, there could have been a job for so. her. Do you know what I mean? Like there could have been right. a job. Like, I understand it was the 1800s, but still Chemist. just, just get, yeah, go and <laughs> go and do something, right? You could, <laughs> alternative she's history. <laughs> she's interested in chemistry, obviously. <laughs> uh, this is directing your, your passions in the right direction. 
Uh, That's right. She should have went to grad school. Oh God, no. <laughs> She'd be right at home though. Right. <laughs> all the other depressed people. Right, with all the crazies. Oh, we, we had a conversation at work about this the other day where, where we were saying like, I, I made my usual statement about like, because there was like three PhDs in the room. And I said, you know, if someone has a PhD, just assume they're crazy. And, <laughs> and, and the one woman, my boss is like, well, you know, definitely damaged. <laughs> <laughs> something's wrong yeah 100 percent. Yeah. <laughs> we've all got our little nightmares well, yeah because what drives you to do that is like <laughs> it's it's like workaholism same idea it's like a sickness like i i recognize <laughs> this in myself it's a sickness well see this, and, at least you're not out sending poison cakes around town yes right it keeps me <laughs> off the streets <laughs> god knows what i'd be doing <laughs> But she said, uh, I was bringing up the, and I can't remember what it's called, but there's a, there's a thing online, uh, a documentary called the race that eats its young. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember, but it's, it's a race that people do out in the woods in Tennessee. It's like a five or six day race and you do these loops. So it's this old guy who started this in the seventies and he sits in the middle with a tent and you go out you enter the race and it's this weird, like it's hard to enter even. You have to figure out how to enter it. Uh, they don't tell you. And then you you arrive and you start out, you do one loop at a time and you have to like find all these books that he's left at different places. And this is all out in the woods. Like it's hard to get around. You're in shrubs and shit. And people volunteer to do this. And that's the thing. That was yeah. why, if you watch the, <laughs> if you watch the documentary, a lot of people who do well in this have PhDs. <laughs> um, I can see it's it's a problem set, right? Yes. Yeah. Like it's it's hard, like right. physically and mentally. It, it breaks it's a place you. to get lost, right? Absolutely, and so. it's a way to forget your troubles, right? And I used yeah. I used to be more like that. I think I used to really need activity to keep my mind off whatever my anxiety. And nowadays, I feel like something's different. I'm, I'm more able to just hang out or do what I like and not, not need to be constantly busy. Well, the drive, you know, as you get older, right? Like that, that changes a bit, Maybe. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're yeah. there yet, but well, I'm still nice crazy. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm now at the burnout phase where it's just, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Burnout. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I will say Fun. this. So in grad school, I definitely, I was busy. And so what you're saying is absolutely true, right? Like right. my anxiety was, was funneled into that. Yes. And um, yeah, it doesn't have a clear funneling now. Right. Which again, it's not the best thing. But, but you probably um, have hobbies that do that or, yeah. you know, like when you had a dog, like, you know, the dog would consume <laughs> you or whatever. And, yeah. and it just seems like now, like, I mean, I'm doing a podcast, so obviously I'm doing something interesting, but it's because I want to do it and it sounds fun. I don't really feel like, you know, I do a little work and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm done. <laughs> You're not as invested break. in, in the work, it's but th the that's same, also, yeah. it's not the same when you choose to get a PhD, right. Or, you know, you go into, right. you know, graduate school and you're working on your thing. That's the thing right. it, you're in a regular job, which I would say like, we have regular jobs now, yes. right. You know, you, it's not your thing. Right. right. So I, I'm invested. It's just not the same way. It's not the right. same. Yeah. Right. And I don't feel like, like I have not felt the urge to go back to school in a while. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I mean, there's a lot of little things I've done on the side just because I felt like going back to school. Yeah. And right. <laughs> recently I've just like, gotta stay okay, off the street. I, yeah. No, I don't, I don't yeah. think I want to do that anymore. I think I'm going to stop. <laughs> because you you think like you get and I've seen jokes like comedians who'll talk about like women that that's a thing like I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take a course I'm gonna yeah. learn something now I am learning Spanish so but just like on Duolingo <laughs> let me just say this since graduate school right in in the 23 years that have passed right mm -hmm. I've gotten a certification in exercise I've got a certification yes. in massage that's I've right. got a certification in teaching uh, English as a second language. So, so you see, I didn't know about that one. Yeah. 
And by the oh. way, there's probably others. There's other ones. I've had, I have like multiple certifications okay. in exercise. I've spin and yeah, yeah, I remember spin. And, and it's something about like, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'll take these classes. Then I'll do the practical and I'll do that. It's like, Great. yes. And <laughs> at least, at least for these things, right. Yeah. I'm not like, like, for example, if I didn't complete my certification in massage, it, my life wouldn't have ended. Right. You know what I mean? But, oh yeah. But there is a drive there and at least it's shorter, right? It's not as, and it didn't make me question my existence, right? While doing it. <laughs> right, right, right. So, it, but I, I am like that, right? I am like, oh, I'll do this and then I'll do this. And everybody says to me the same thing. They're like, well, did you end up teaching massage or did you right. end up doing massage or did you end up teaching? And I'm like, no, I just yeah. went on to the next thing, right? <laughs> yeah. No, there's a couple of things that I've wanted to do just to take a class, like, like actually take a Spanish class, for example. Yeah. And now I'm like, that's exhausting. I don't know if I want to really. I, I have to say this. I have never regretted any of these things, right? No, like neither. I've got a yeah. lot out of them and yeah. yeah. And I enjoyed it. And even if there's probably many more that I don't even remember that I started and stopped, right? Like I right. just can't remember them right now, but yeah. Yeah. So um, we have managed to funnel it into something constructive. So that's good for us. Really? Okay, good. Well, think about it, right? We're not at least we're not sending poison pudding around. Exactly. And I, I think we're gonna close it out. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll close with that. All right. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Poisoned History Podcast. Thanks for listening, and remember, be nice to cats and stay away from sugary treats from your husband's stalker. Bye.